This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, this is Steve from the Working Class Bowhunters Podcast, here to talk to you about alcoholism and why it should never happen to you. Just don't ever let it happen to you. Thank you. Here we are at the 1600 Buckslayer Place in Sherard, Illinois, at the Buckatorium, live via podcast, however that works, and via parts unknown in Wisconsin. We'll get into that a little later, guys. Still Ooh. not winded because I've changed my diet. There you go, Steve. But there it is. I, I, you're drinking a Yingling beer. What, you look I, better. I know I do. I've been drinking a gallon of water, guys. Ooh. Well, we're episode, you know, I'm proud of you, Steve. It's I didn't say the episode because I forgot which one. Episode 15. Is it 15? 15. Yep. 15. We're getting the ball rolling. Um, we th- are a quarter after. That's right. If you're talking time. We're uh, three... Three of the four of us are here. Logan, once again, is MIA. This dude is working overtime again. But uh, sorry for him. This guy works his face off, man. Yeah, he does. But it's too bad for him because we got someone really cool on the podcast this week. That we do. It is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. What's up, man? How you guys doing? I thought he hung up. (laughs) (laughs) He hung up already. He was out already. Hey, I got got a a good question. Did you guys say that you're drinking Yingling beer? Yingling, yes. We are. Okay, all right, because we can't get that here, and it's kind of funny because I just cracked the last one out of my fridge. That's exactly. No, uh, drinking, you are I'm, not drinking the English. No, I'm not kidding. The, the <gasps> last we were at a show a couple months ago in in Ohio. Ohio, that's and a, that's like the cutoff line or whatever for uh, us. Yeah, the, Ohio is the closest place you can get. That's where I got it from. Did we just okay, become that's where best from? friends? I'm taking my first sip of this beer ever right now. Not even kidding. Okay. I've got this black and tan. That's what I've got in my hand. The black, black and tan and is tan. good. They, they they didn't have any more lager left. That's what we're drinking. Uh, we got the lager. We're drinking the lager. Well, we right bought now. what they had. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what a anyway. See, from looking at Whitetail Adrenaline, and if you guys don't know, you should know because these guys are balls to the wall. It's as real as it gets, man. And you know, I, we watch your videos and we're watching one right now. Actually, yeah, we actually have one playing in the Buckatorium. I was on your website, you know, just seeing what everyone's, like, profession is. They're all working-class guys. Correct. So yeah. it just 
it goes hand in hand. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just like right. us, you know, go to their everyday right. job. Right, so, right. I mean, we got everything from, um, you know, Shay Peterson. He's a roofer. Alapine, he's uh, he's an iron worker. Um, Jim, he's a land surveyor. Scott, he works at a sporting goods store. Just, you know, all just regular kind of, you know, guys with regular full-time jobs. Um, none of them are pursuing... You know, this is like a profession. Yeah. Um, they're just they're pursuing their own careers in different avenues, and they just enjoy hunting. And so that's kind of what, you know, what we like to capture with Whitetail Adrenaline. It's everyday common guys and their experiences and struggles and things they go through, everything from the highs and lows and, now, and did, all that. Now, with, with everybody's profession here, uh, did you guys realize that if you all got together and put your heads together for anything other than hunting, you could make, like, sports fields? Got the land surveyor, sports merge, <laughs> roof, that, iron that, that we, uh, it's, uh I must have lost you there. Uh, do what now? Dude, I lost myself <laughs> halfway through. I shouldn't have even said that. I don't know. That's I most people's reaction to anything Steve fear. says. <laughs> Usually Steve just going in his own world. Yeah, sorry about that. It happens. I kind of pre-warned no, no, him last night about you on the podcast. Yeah, Steve will take you places where you're kind of unsure whatever the hell he's talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll try. I'll try and hang in there. That just, that just maybe, maybe Steve's just on. He's on a different level. That's know? exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, oh. don't be talking about my pay grade again. All right. <laughs> Well, the thing is, with your guys' setup, I think that's where you guys are more appealing, and I think, to everyone, basically everyone who hunts, because not everyone gets private land. You guys are public land, sponsor-free. It's just, I don't know, you guys go after it. That's appealing. You know, people want to watch that stuff. You don't always want to watch so-and-so, whoever, on whatever channel, hunting at this ranch where you know what the outcome is going to be typically that they're going to get on correct. a big deer and you kind of know that's how it's going to end up. Right. Right. And, and, you know, not to take anything away from, you know, private land hunting or anything like that. Um, most people don't know this, but I, uh, I walked away from two, I had two private farms in you know, central Buffalo County, Wisconsin, very good, you know, farms and acreage. And I didn't have to pay anything to hunt there, but it just, for me, it just kind of lost its mystery and adventure. And I didn't mm-hmm. grow up, in a family like we're in an area where and are in a very strong family of hunters and a lot of the hunting we did was public land or we just knew a lot of farmers and could pretty much go wherever almost treat it like it was public land they let a lot of other people hunt too so mm-hmm. um you know after i was you know 18 19 years old or somewhere around there um i got a couple opportunities to hunt you know like some of those you know, more elite private acreage, you know, in, uh, you know, Buffalo County. And, you know, I did that for, what was it, five seasons, you know, and I was almost kind of like getting burnt out a little bit on hunting mm-hmm. to some degree. And I think it was just, I was, don't get me wrong, I love chasing big bucks, but I think I was too soaked. You know, like I was, that was it for, for hunting for me. It wasn't so much the mystery of like what deer anymore. I kind of knew a lot of those details. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't as adventurous or, I, I don't know. You know, maybe if I grew up hunting that, it would be different, you know. But yeah. maybe for for me, I just I just noticed I was kind of starting to get burnt out, and I started exploring. There's a couple-season period there where I really started exploring, you know, what was causing that. And part of it was 
uh, how I hunted. You know, I, I become a very stationary type hunter and mm-hmm. uh, and and whatnot. And I, I now I I'm, I'm mobile all the time, and I love being <laughs> on the ground. And, well, I think and most people I, are stationary type hunters. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah, you, right. you're kind of just taught to sit and wait, sit really, and, wait. and not really right. go. I don't know. I guess. What's appealing for for you guys, especially with your promos and stuff you put out, you guys are stalking deer, and I think a lot of people see that and they're like, "Oh man, that's cool," because in Illinois and in the Midwest, anywhere in the Midwest, Wisconsin, even, it's really rare when you see a buck up somewhere and you can go and you make a stalk on him, or you're just, you know what I mean? Not a lot of people just go for it like correct, that. correct, so, yeah, and and we we deal we call it we deal in, in it with numbers, you know, it, it might take, you know, it might take three stalks before we actually connect it might take 10 Mm -hmm. you know um you know we don't we don't worry so much about whether we're going to bust that deer or spook that deer and i think here again because we're hunting public land we can we can do that a little bit more you know let's say you had 40 acres well if you hunted like i like or like how we hunt on the ground on your 40 acres throughout the season, well, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of deer left by the <laughs> yeah. end of it hanging out there, you know? So yep. it's, um, it's very, it's a very effective method on public land and not just from that standpoint, but also, you know, there's a lot of public land acres that isn't worth what we do is it's not worth our time to hunt. Um, you know, whether there's too many hunters or whatever, but mm-hmm. hunting on the ground allows us to get in and out of places a lot quicker and basically wean through, uh, you know, less productive acreage and areas and, and spots. Whereas, you know, when we first started out with the public land videos, we were still doing a quite a bit of hunting out of the tree stands. Mm-hmm. But what we found was, you know, we might go into a new piece of public land, set up the stands in a spot that looks good, you know, trying to read the sign and everything. And, okay, maybe we didn't see a whole lot. Well, the next time we went out, maybe that's the next day or if they're in our local state the next weekend, we might go in a little bit further and investigate a little bit further. Well, pretty mm-hmm. soon we got three, four sessions into this one piece of public to maybe find out that this is all nighttime activity and not worth our time. So now, you know, on the ground, we just kind of go in there and, and a lot of times we'll, we'll know in a matter of a couple hours, whether this is worth our time or not. We don't worry too much about busting, busting deer. Yeah. Um, See, that's a good method. So. I mean, you got to kind of go in, and see what's up, really. Go I mean. in and feel it out. And yeah, and and the thing I I, I noticed too, and uh, a lot of your videos. I mean, you know, it is about. It, it's more about the hunt. You know, it's not about just sitting and waiting. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you're chasing these these deer, and you, you know, you film the misses too. Like there's a there's right. tons of misses, and it's like you know cause yep. that's that's what hunting that's, is. That's Part what hunting is. <laughs> And now, the, yeah. now the thing I was was getting, you know, I would see some bucks, and you guys are like, ah, "That's not a shooter." I'm like, "Dude, that's a public land deer. Nail it, man!" And you guys just, right. <laughs> you guys would pass up some some deer that I thought, you know, I would shoot. I mean, I would shoot it, you know, six times a week, twice on Sunday. Well, and don't get me, don't get me wrong. Every one of those deer, we'd probably shoot in the right circumstances and the right like we we. Mm-hmm. Basically, our standards drop <laughs> depending on how the hunt, how the hunt, and how we feel. It does going, for most people you know? too, which I think yeah. you know it's people can relate. <laughs> right, right. So you know, just because we say he's not a shooter, it's just he's not a shooter right now. Maybe in two days we'll reconsider, or maybe <laughs> when the or maybe on. you know, for instance. <laughs> so in know? this in this moment, you know, it's not like yeah. hey, I give him a couple years. It's 
let's see what else it is. Right. It's kind of like if you're trying to pick up girls at a bar. It's like, yeah, she's not a keeper, but yeah, last call comes around. It's like, okay, yeah, she's she's definitely going to do it. <laughs> sure. What a good yeah. way to put that, That's Steve. a good way to put it, right. I guess. <laughs> you have Isn't a way with true? words, Steve, my come friend. Come on, man. You don't want to walk into the bar like it's opening day and just be like, dude, there it is. There it is. I'm taking that one. <laughs> Boom. Right. Right. 7.30 and you're boring. already tagged out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not to oh say my. you can't, you know. You gotta have a little. You gotta have a little chase and a little, little, you know, failure exactly. rate in there too. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, you know, if 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 if, if you didn't get shot down enough, then it wouldn't be. That's dick, right. You know, it wouldn't be as much fun. You gotta go oh, to me, the tens where you shoot for the four. Never. Well, dude, you shoot a four, you can come back for that ten, maybe. I mean, I get know. shot down plenty, so I got no problem. There. Are you not married? No. <laughs> no. Well, well, why not? He's too busy. Not, not married, and I, I've. I've, I've managed to stay pretty pretty uh, single most of my life. So. Pretty single. That's <laughs> actually <laughs> probably not a bad deal. Hey, man, you have a successful hunting you know, show. You know, you know what? I'm okay with it, you know? Like, I just hit 30 here a few months ago, but honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm just so, in, like, I love, you know, just kind of doing my own thing, and not to say that I won't ever get married or whatever, but. Hey, man, I'm but, telling you right uh, now, we have a know, lot of listeners that go, this guy's living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. There's a double-edged sword, and, you know, of course, the grass is always greener on the other side. So, But, um, you know, I think, I think you know, for a person that stays super active, like I'm gone a lot or gone to shows or mm-hmm. hunting in the fall or whatever, it doesn't, you know, affect me as much. You know, if, if I was just working 40 hours a week and, sitting around with had nothing else to do i'd probably feel like i should be settling down and have a girlfriend and get married or whatever you know what i mean (laughs) i can't wait to hear those those nuptials hey uh i had nothing else to do so i figured we get married toots (laughs) good idea seems like the insane give it the 90s oh my god oh man i love it so when you started to whitetail adrenaline was the whole idea behind it well basically okay question how did it start what was your your goals in mind and did you always plan on going public land sponsor free if that might be a lot um, of questions in one but just sure well i'll try and i'll try and make it as short as possible here um for a long time i uh, i just kind of filmed stuff you know for fun here and there with the idea in the back of my head that maybe someday i wanted to do a video or a show or whatever and and uh i worked for at a furniture factory, just a night shift, you know, regular type of unskilled labor work. Mm-hmm. I only got a high school diploma kind of thing. And um, basically what happened is is uh, my cousin Jim and I, uh, we decided, you know what, let's just, let's just go out this fall. Let's film everything just, you know, just as is, whatever happens, happens. And, uh, and you know, just kind of go from there. So we filmed in 2007. That was our first, like, footage that we decided yeah you know, we we cut for the videos anyways um we went out filmed it all and uh then the footage just kind of sat there until late march i, I actually lost my job at, at work mm-hmm. um and uh and literally i drove from work after i lost my job to home and i remember i sat at that computer for like 16 hours straight Never got up for a drink of water or anything, and that's pretty much the start of like when I started editing the wow that, wow. that, that first video. And so it took me about about forty days to to completely edit and get that video 
cut and out the door, which is probably the shortest I've ever done it in, but we also had a lot less content to go through. <laughs> um, so did you, you know, make like a did, DVD out of that, or how did that all work? Yep, yep. We made a DVD out of that, so that was that was our first video. That was um, There was some public land in there. The rest was all, you know, like by permission yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't an all-public you know, from there, my cousin Jim and I, we talked about it. You know, we both grew up kind of, like I said, hunting public land. And it was like, you know what? Nobody else is putting out a yearly type of, you know, like all public land exclusive. And, you know, there's more adventure. Let's just give it a whirl and see, mm-hmm. you know. And we, we we did it the next fall. Didn't get as great as the results. In fact, uh, it's nowhere near the results we get or have gotten the last, you know, handful of years. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's 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 kind of an adjustment period in there. You know, we went from hunting more private ground where we weren't, you know, very aggressive and we were kind of playing the tree stand game a, a little bit more. Not that that's not effective or, or whatnot, but when you're going out of state to new places, places maybe you've never been before, well, you know, it, it might take you more than three, four, or five days to find the right exact perfect set, you know. And so hunting on the ground just kind of here again allows you to get through a lot more acres a lot quicker and figure out you know, where you need to be. Yeah. It seems like a lot faster. So well, that was kind of like transition throughout the, uh, like you can see that progression throughout the video series us getting more and more aggressive. Um, so go ahead. So when you, okay, so you, you start pumping out videos and you're doing the film, and then as this is going along, are you thinking, you know, let's just do it on our own. No sponsor funding, no product. Is that just something you, like you kind of got into it and then you're like, yeah, I don't need it. Or is it something you're like, I kind of want to prove a point here, sponsor free, check it out, this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yep, you're right. And we've, we've never done a single, you know, sponsorship with with the company or mm-hmm. anything. Um, from the very get-go, when Jim and I just said, you know, let's just go out and film and have fun with it this fall and whatever. You know, there was no, you know, interest in doing any sponsorships at that point, you know, between that first video and second video we cut, there was talk about it and there was thought about it. Um, you know, maybe you know, seeing if the right sponsors. We just didn't want to. We just didn't want to water it down. With, you know, it wasn't really about proving a point. It was just, yeah. you know, we felt like it would. We felt like it would take away from the uh, the authenticity of what the everyday common hunter yeah. actually goes through, or or what you know, the everyday common hunter does and I you think know, people can this, respect this product that. Product and that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it might be taken by some people as you know, well, they're trying to prove a point, or same thing as the public land thing. But truth, truth be told, like I absolutely love hunting public land, and I, I absolutely love you know that we we've been able to you know keep the whole production sponsor free too. So, um, so, so for our listeners, would you suggest to quit your job, hunt public land, and film it? Is that what we can take away? That's what he's saying. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's worked for him, right? I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say don't don't give it a whirl if, if somebody's heart and soul is set on it. But but uh, you know I, I I do think that even you know I think any any other producer in the hunting industry will will be the first to tell you you know it's 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 not a forty hour a week kind of job and yeah, yeah you get to do you know a decent amount of hunting and be out there in the fall but. There's a lot of extra legwork and and other things that you sacrifice along the way to to make it. I mean, there was a lot of times um, the first few years of the videos. I mean, I lived in a we called it the dungeon. A buddy of mine 
we rented this basement, and it was uh, two hundred dollars a month, all everything included. Oh, that's and a it deal. Was, it's a deal until you're there. <laughs> until you're there. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I mean, I, I, I remember. You know, I mean, maybe one out of four times, I'd eat spaghetti all the time because it was cheap. You could get the great value stuff for seventy-two cents. <laughs> now, now I think it's a dollar, but but literally, I. Most of the time, I ate spaghetti. I, I know the sauce is too much. You know, I mean, that's you just kind of go through, like that's the, the, you know, you have to make sacrifices. And at that point, you know, um, in the business and everything, they're just I was dead broke throughout so much. Of, you know, the, the last couple of years have been really good years for us. Mm-hmm. Um, those first few years, I mean, you just there's a lot of struggling and a lot of a lot of uh, scraping by and wondering if it's worth it. And <laughs> so basically, <laughs> right now, all your because since you guys don't get sponsorship money or anything like that, all your funds are coming from product DVDs. sales, right? DVDs, correct, merch, correct. So yep, when... it's all the, the entire thing is funded by you know people actually purchasing the DVDs and the apparel. That's how we're able to kind of offset the cost, and, and yeah. we also try and keep the production. Um, costs down, you know, um, we don't have, we, we've got really nice video equipment, you know, but we're, we aren't, we aren't spending a hundred thousand dollars a year in mm-hmm. camera equipment and software and computers and, yeah. you know, everything that goes into the edit. And we, you know, the other thing is, is since I cut it, cut and edit all the footage or have up until this point, now my buddy John just showed up here a couple of years ago. He's going to give me a hand with some of it, mm-hmm. but you know, being an editor to edit content, that's a very expensive, uh, you know, cost as well. So we've basically been able to, you know, keep those costs a lot lower, and that's also helped to be able to keep it sponsor-free as well. And so are we are, are we going to see a Lamborghini here pulling up on private land, you know, putting a deer on top of it, maybe two deer <laughs> anytime soon? What's that? What's that? Are, are we going to see a Lamborghini out there driving around? Scoping out uh-huh. deer on public no. land. <laughs> won't, won't be seeing any of those. Um, <laughs> They're keeping it to the same. Um, uh, you might see money. like a nineteen. You might you might see like a nineteen eighty eight uh, Econoline or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, no, no Lamborghinis. <laughs> What's that? What? Well, what I was gonna say is, I actually where I heard about you. I, you know, I've known of you guys for a few years. Um, I. Met you a long time ago and bought some DVDs a couple of years ago um, at the Illinois Deer Classic. I believe Illinois or Iowa. I think it was Illinois. Yeah, do you remember? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, so he doesn't remember. But I actually, I talked to you for a bit, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to grab some of these DVDs. Because it's appealing, public land, sponsor-free. You kind of just want to see what it's all about if, you, if you've never heard of it before. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's a great thing you got going on. It's not... It's just real, man. It's like real. It's like almost the true definition of like reality TV. Sure. Um, which I think a lot of people, like I said before, can relate to that. I mean, for most people, that's kind of like what they have to do because it's so hard nowadays to get private land. I mean, you can't. Right. No one can really buy it because it's so dang expensive. Right. Yeah. Um, it's so right. hard to get permission to hunt properties mm-hmm. now where. Public land is what a lot of people have to do to to get out there. So, well, or like right, you said, right. you know, if you're on private land, that guy lets everyone and their brother hunt it. So you got 15 dudes running around. Yeah, 
on 15 acres. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, dying acre. Make something happen. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is one of the other side things that we, we, we talked about and thought about is, you know, I mean, with the direction, like you say, land's so expensive and, and, and everything. We also, you know, like this idea of giving a little bit of, I don't want to say inspiration, but kind of inspiration to people out there. You know, there's a lot of people that view public land hunting like, that's all I got, like it's a bad thing or or whatnot. And, I mean, for for myself, for sure, it's a choice, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I after I mean I can hunt more private ground than I'd ever know what to do with now after doing the videos. Like I I hit officers all the time. I mean I've had people that you know I've got a 200 inch deer on my land or or whatnot and yeah you know to me I just know that whether it's a 200 inch deer or not you know it would kind of take away a little bit of just going out there and doing it yourself and kind of figuring it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. So you know it's it's one of those things where we kind of like it as, as it's hunting seems to be a little bit becoming a little bit more of, you know, it's got this, it's got this, um, allusion to the outsider a little bit too, that it's really expensive to kind of get in and you know, get results. But we also, you know, try and keep the video fun to where, you know, people, there isn't so much focus on just the deer size or just the deer. There's just go out there and have a good time, you know? So that way, it's really easy to turn on TV and see a 180-inch deer get shot. And if you're hunting public land, feel like if, if, if that's your only reason for hunting is for that, well, you're going to get pretty depressed pretty quick. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yep. And yep. I, uh, I hunted public land here in Iowa um, last last season. I moved to Iowa, but I'm back at my okay. parents' house, so you know, back to Illinois. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's what I noticed about – when you go to like different places, like if there's a place that's right off the highway, um, you're gonna find stuff like tires, condoms, cigarette <laughs> packs, beer cans, uh, yeah. and then you get into some place that's a little bit more tucked back, and not a lot of people go there. And it's you know, I I, I don't have you have you had any experiences like that? Like, all right, here, forget what I said. What's the weirdest thing you found out on public land? I guess is the question. Um, the weirdest encounter well, or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's probably a few of them. Well, I know there's a few of them, but you know, I'll just start with a couple of them. Is one of the more one of the more bizarre ones I ever seen was I was hunting in Nebraska a few years ago, and I came across a uh, one of those like um, elevated tower stands. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was on Army Corps Engineer land, which is open for anybody else to hunt. And it was way back in. And I was like, how did this person get this thing way out here? You know, I mean, it's pretty common to see, you know, hang on tree stands and, yeah. and ladder stands and stuff like that. But not stands like that. And I've seen, you know, I've seen some pretty elaborate stand setups. So that seems a little <laughs> bit bizarre when you come across those. Um, I know that there's some awful, goofy experiences that. They are just not coming and popping into my head right now that it's like, <laughs> what the heck was that? But I, I just, I can't really think of them off the top of my head right now. It's one of the, the things that, like, you know, you're walking around, you know, you're just trying to get a feel for the uh, for the land. And, like, you know, you walk by a tree stand, it's only, like, six, eight feet up, you know, <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not too high right. up, and it's just kind of odd looking, you know. And sometimes well, they have hornet's nests in them, and it's just... What about... It- 
because you know on public land anyone could really be out there um just as an example one of my buddies last year hunted an in-town hunt um in davenport iowa um i don't know if you're uh-huh. familiar with davenport and he uh he shot me a text message he's like man you'll never believe what i just saw in the woods <laughs> he said it was just getting daylight a couple came into the woods <laughs> did their dirt did their dirty this is like in town like a little like is the in town hunt did the dirty and walked out and you know he's he was filming for a small show at the time <laughs> so this guy is up in this tree with camera equipment all around him oh good and, lord and i said i said please tell me you didn't he's like no he's like it was too dark he's like but they would have definitely shit themselves. They would find out there was a guy in a tree with a camera yeah. like 50 yeah. yards away. <laughs> I bet they would have. <laughs> they had no idea. I'm a tree stand voyeur. Oh, boy, this is my lucky day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to be careful with that, too, because like, if they're just like some high school kids, it's like, oh, can't. He said it was an cool. older couple, too. So I was like, right. really? <laughs> you got to keep that adventure in your <laughs> life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But have you ever had any sort of like on public land? Because like I was saying, you run in, you can run into anyone. Sort of like a shady encounter, or you're kind of like, oh man, I don't know about this guy, or just a, a rough situation, or good or bad. If if you could, I've ran into I've, I have ran into a few. Um, there's a, in Wisconsin. There's some kind of a, there's some program lands, and they're uh, they're actually private owned, but um, they'll get like a tax break from the, uh, okay. I've heard about that because my dad was researching yeah. that because he's from Wisconsin. And it's like CP. They're very, there's, there's no signs up or anything. You really have to do your research. They're really hard to kind of figure out unless you really do a lot of research and, and figure out all the details to yeah. basically map it out. Well, you know, we've, uh, we've dealt with some very unique situations on Noah's, <laughs> um, probably, you know, uh, nothing Nothing ever got too crazy. I did have a guy one time give me a pretty good shove um, and uh, and wanted to know where the other guys were. And, of course, as soon as he saw the camera, he got out of there because um, they are held accountable, you know, um, uh-huh. for, you know, they're not, they're not, obviously, if they enroll in that program, they can get fined pretty, pretty heavy for, you know, harassing people to, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not, Totally forces them into it. They sign up for it. It's it's basically like, you know, they kind of want their, you know, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. You know, yeah. they want they yeah. want to save all this money, and then they want to, you know, BS people. You know, and they know what they're getting into, and then they want to BS people that's no longer in it or yeah. we got they're... too many guys or whatever. Well, none of that applies. They want to think that it does, but yeah, they're it basically... doesn't. And so they're a landlord. Yeah, ex- <laughs> right. When you Pretty calmly much. explain, you know, and explain it to them and try and do it in a, you know, a manner that's, you know, professional and diplomatic. Well, they, they, some, some of them are all right. You know, I've had guys, you know, during gun season and I walk right up to them and blaze orange and they're the, they're the, they're the owner and, you know, they completely understand and, and get it and aren't mm-hmm. upset about it. And, and, you know, and then you run into guys and those are always, you know, kind of, relieving when you come across ones like that it's like finally you know we get somebody that actually you know you know has in this program and they understand like yeah i signed up for it i get the break this is part of the deal you know and then you get other ones that are we had one guy one time that uh just threw a threw an absolute fit and uh and um (laughs) we ended up just deciding not to 
not to go there or at least that night. And yeah. we heard all kinds of rumors that basically it was one of those deals where it was like, you know what, we're just going to cut our losses on this, you know. And and we never we never went back because there was kind of some a little bit of threats that kind of came through the grapevine, and this uh-huh. was going to turn into a big messy kind of deal. And it was like this isn't why we hunt public land, you know. And although that isn't technically like public land, when we say public land, it's an easy way to, public access land anybody else can yeah. legally hunt. Yeah, right. you yeah. know that's what that's that's what we, you know. But for us to explain that in two sentences, you know what I mean? Yeah, it can yeah, just kind of get sure. confusing. So. So, I, I guess public land isn't always necessarily the, the the correct technical terminology, but it is land anybody else can legally hunt. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, and then while, while we're kind of on that topic real quick, I mean, if you don't want to spend too much time on it, I don't blame you. How many times do you think you've been – I'll put it this way. Have a had a bullet or an arrow whiz past <laughs> you? Because I've seen uh, on the highlight I, and on a couple of your DVDs, you guys are like, oh, man, there's, there's – You can, you can hear – Bullets whizzing by you guys. Yeah, yeah. Courtesy of my cousin. Um, <laughs> oh, kept <laughs> keeping the family, I doesn't, guess. Doesn't, doesn't that sound like something out of a movie? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it, it, um, so instead of punching no, you in the uh, face. <laughs> what's that? that so, so instead of punching you in the face, he uh, yeah, decided right. to shoot at you. Okay. He's lobbing right, I just sent a 270 short mag whizzing at by. That'll get his attention. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Um, no, uh, that's really the only time I've never had like a straight arrow or anything like that, you know, anywhere close to me. And, you know, I can't ever think of another time where I've had, you know, bullets even close to me. I've come across a lot of people who have, but yeah, you know, nothing, nothing quite like, quite like that. I mean, that was, I've I done mean, it and that's the scary thing. I didn't really thing. feel too threatened because, yeah, I mean, we were, over top of that hill and everything, but yeah. you, you, you never know. I mean, a bullet could. You I mean, know. it's still coming your direction. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's yeah. still coming coming our direction. It could it could do a multitude of things. But, yeah, I used to hunt. You know, it was a little bit. It made the hair stand on the back of my neck. But you know, I kind of take life in in this. Uh, you know what? If I'm not dead yet, I, I'll just. I was laughing before the shots even ceased. I think, like, are you kidding me? You know, like. Uh, you know, at first I was like, holy crap. And then I was like, all right, we're not dead, and I think we're all right. So time to start laughing about it, you know. But I definitely don't want to be in that situation again. Um, so, sure. <laughs> But you were in it, Eric. Yeah, I used to gun hunt. We'd always push and have sitters, you know. And when you'd sit, you'd hear the shot, and then all of a sudden you hear this, <laughs> you know, you'd hear a slug whizzing by it, and you're like, oh. Time oh, to jump behind a tree. No, you, know? you go from yeah. sit to oh, lay no. real quick. Yeah. yeah, you hit the dirt the, man. for the first time. You don't even the first time the first shot. You're just like, what the heck was that? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of hear the sound of the gun go off. Yeah. You kind of hear that boom. See, I've never, I've never had that, that experience before. I've never. Okay. See, yeah, sometimes too, you'll hear the bullet whiz by, and then the gun go off, and you're like, yeah. holy crap, what was that? You know, like <laughs> I got to hit the dirt. Yeah. See, I've yeah the bullet will. The bullet will be there long before the sound. I mean, we filmed some stuff this year where one camera was on Jim when he was shooting, and uh, he was probably five, six hundred yards away. And I was, I was just cutting this footage the other day, and from the, you can see the smoke come out of his gun barrel from that camera, six hundred yards away or right around there. <laughs> and it is just over two seconds before the sound comes through. Wow. <laughs> time that, you know, well, that bullet's long there. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, um, I got to ask you this real quick. Um, 
either currently or before whitetail adrenaline was a thing, who was in the hunting industry, who was basically your main inspiration as far as mm. just hunting personality or shows or any, anything like that? Um, you know, I think, uh, I probably, you know, that would have been about 10, 11, 12 years ago, probably right in there. Um, you know, that was kind of right when Realtree Road Trips, that show came on and that was quite a change of pace from their normal show. So I kind of liked some of that, that show and mm-hmm. it, it kind of just having a good time or whatever. And of course, you know, Michael, he's a great entertainment. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I really also uh like the the actual film production quality and then different things that uh pat reeves did and has done oh, okay. over the years he's, he's got some incredible you know he's very talented yeah yeah um and actually i uh i did i met up with him a couple of times in my early years and he gave me some different pointers and different advice um before then so outside of that i i i don't have any off the top of my head so those were the kind of like the two i guess kind of shows and, and individuals that i i guess i i kind of liked what they you know i guess what they were format or yeah and it, what's cool because i can kind of relate to you because i have a rather large dvd a hunting dvd collection and i think what turned me on to like the hunting industry type of deal was re- the real tree road trips production as yeah. well so it kind of brought fun back into it, I think, a little bit, at the, or at least at that time in the industry. Well, it kind of brought know, in a new generation kind of, of hunting show, uh, you know, for kind of what yep. we have now. It kind of was the evolution of what we have as a hunting show today, you know. Right. Um, Correct. Because, you know, there's a lot of hunting shows that try to, you know, give you that behind the scenes feel, and, you know, which is awesome. You, there's a lot of camaraderie in hunting, and it's cool when you get to experience that through a DVD. You know what I mean? So, right. Or a Blu-ray. Right. Or a Blu-ray, whatever. It's a Blu-ray. Yeah, are you guys DVD. coming out with hey, Blu-rays anytime soon? Hey, there again, you're, you're doing that thing where we don't have Blu-ray. Come on. We're <laughs> DVD. Come on. <laughs> Dude, you know, you know how cheap Blu-ray We, we, uh, we actually, you know, for, for years we've actually filmed everything, and I've edited everything that we could, you know, throw it on a Blu-ray disc. In fact, I... I throw our trailer videos on a Blu-ray disc for, like, playing our shows and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can count on one hand the number of people that have ever asked me for a Blu-ray disc. And so, What about VHS? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's VHS? your VHS production? Yeah, I still I, have one of those. I That's think about four or five years ago I had a request or two for, <laughs> for them. Did you remind so, them what uh, year it was? <laughs> I'm still working on, on getting that out, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to just throw that in the trash No, bin. you need to bring back the VHS, I think. Uh, Here's right. the thing. I'll let you, you know. know. Believe, believe it or not, believe it or not, you know, DVD sounds so 1990, but so many people I hear take our videos to deer camps and things like that, and the simplicity of, you know, how easy it is to just pull a DVD out and throw it in. Oh, yeah. Is, it's still, it's still there. You know, I mean, we sell more DVDs today than we ever have, and not to say that online digital formats that that that'll probably be a pretty big way of the future here over the next five years. But you know, as silly as DVDs sound, it or you know, or whatever, but they're still simple. You know, you throw them in, hit play, you you know, it works. Well, yeah, when know? I bought those DVDs from you at the show a couple of years ago, I mean, I think I bought. It didn't work. No, I bought <laughs> yeah money back guarantee. I got no, what I needed out of it. I bought yeah. two of them for oh man for a real reasonable price. It was kind of like it was the show was where I heard of you guys. That was the first my first okay. impression, and I was like, 
all right, yeah, I'll, I'll met two DVDs for that price. I, I can't remember what the price was, but I remember I was working a part-time job then because I was still in high school, and I said, all right, yeah, I can afford that, and we're watching one right now. I mean, it was only a couple of years. I've only been out of high school for a handful of years now. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're young pups. <laughs> so, but they're still working. You know, it's like if you guys are listening, you're like, Go order them. You know what I mean? That's not, you know, some DVDs are, you can spend 25. I think I, last DVD I bought was 28 bucks for a Grand Slam DVD or whatever it was. Good DVD, but it's 30 bucks for one. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. you can get a bundle or, you know what I mean? It's just. I know a place yeah. you can get a bunch of used DVDs. Uh, they're kind of <laughs> filthy, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Yeah, at least on our website, we don't have a used DVD section. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm no. You, this is a completely different format. Um, Steve's talking about the adult bookstore or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I got it. Uh, no, I was talking about Baby Einstein. Yeah, give me a break. Whatever. Oh like man, Baby got back. So uh, I got a question for you. What out of every state you've all hunted? What's your favorite to hunt public ground on? If you have um, one, that's probably. That's probably a toss-up between Iowa and Kansas. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. I'm an Iowa boy myself, um, so. As far as, you know, all around, um, I, let's put it this way. I wouldn't want to only hunt Kansas open plain, you know, grasslands like we hunt. It's fun because it's a change of entirely different type of terrain and mm-hmm. everything, but it does get a little bit boring. Um, it's flat grassland. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. They can and then, see it coming you know, from miles some, away. Right. Iowa has some great, you know, hilly, you know, wooded terrain. And, and uh, and of course, a, a good, you know, good uh, good amount of quality deer. Good quality deer there. Um, good couple of people who are on a good podcast, too, right? What's that? Good couple of people who are on a good podcast, too, right? I'm oh still, yeah, I'm oh, still yeah. technically an Iowa resident for the next thirty days. Oh, oh are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I personally live in Iowa, and I've hunted public ground too. We got this giant out there. We hunted them all muzzleloader, and we could not get around this deer, man. It was insane. What would Burlington? Uh, Eric hunts a uh, what? It's in Burlington, right? The ammunition yep. plant. The ammunition plant down there. Which I'm sorry, to, this this is rubbing salt in Eric's wounds right now. He didn't draw. For the Burlington ammunition plant, I draw. I didn't draw a bow. Oh, I you drew didn't. late muzzleloader, so that should be all right. You can kill a buck there if you don't for, haven't killed for, one already. For where? Um, Burlington. For what state? Iowa. Iowa. Uh, I thought that was Iowa. Isn't the draw? You're saying for this year? Yes. Or last year? This year. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought the draw. Oh, that's a resident draw. About huh? Well, this is like a – explain that situation. It's like a – so you apply for it. It's owned by the government. It's an ammunition plant, and you Uh sign up. You draw. Only residents of Iowa can do it. Okay. And you get your name thrown a hat for – I got you. For bow, for turkey, for shotgun, whatever. Top top secret resident resident stuff there. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I'm technically the only Illinois boy in the Bucketorium right now. Yeah, I'm in so, between. So, so I'm out, we're out in Sherrard. I guarantee you've never heard of it, but you will have heard that Luke Bryan hunts just over the yonder here in Matherville. Yeah, I feel Illinois. like I have heard of it, but 
whatever. <laughs> we'll just say that I haven't. So. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I know that place all too well. Yeah. Uh, no, but when you come down to Illinois, you know you got to come hang out with us now, right? Since we're drinking the yeah, same beer. Yeah, for sure. I can bring the beer. <laughs> all right. All right. We can I can bring the beer it. if you got a place to crash. Hey, right. well, you know, you bring the beer, we'll talk about it. All right. right if you're going to make me pitch a tent, then. You know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The reason why <laughs> Steve's Then I'm weird. bringing whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I need to sleep. Well, you know, since Steve moved back in with his parents, I actually have a house, so. Oh yeah, rub it in. Yeah, that's the that's real nice. Or yeah. if you're in Iowa, rub my I bad luck in in front of our guests. <laughs> well, you said we didn't know if you had a place to stay. I'm like, yo. I mean, if you want to pitch a tent in my yard and get drunk off whiskey, I'm down to do that with you. I mean, we'll party, we can, man. <laughs> Both we you guys sleep in the party. tent. <laughs> I have a house. <laughs> is, it, is it any place in the yard we can pitch a tent? Or, or oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I got a big yard with an archery lane. We could figure something oh, out. Yeah? We might want to do archery before we do the whiskey, but I mean, I don't. I'm down for whatever as long as we film it. Oh, good deal. That's getting weird. Where are we go? Right, we're going to uh, uh, some place that's not weird. Um, mainly, it was weird because I wasn't invited to sleep in the tent with you guys. So I never I, said we were sleeping in the same kind tent. Of, well, no, nope, kind of feel left out. So let's move on. <laughs> Oh man, uh, we do. Uh, we saw you posted it yesterday, and uh, we've got some uh, listener, uh, viewer, fans. You want to rock that out real quick? That way we can get to it. And yeah, you, can... want me, you want me to figure that out? Uh, we've got some people that wanted to ask a couple questions that um, okay are aware of what we do. Does that work out okay. a little better? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get we'll we'll do these because there's there's a good handful, so it's easy to to okay. get through while we have time. I'll, uh, I'll I'll see if I can answer. No guarantees. Okay, <laughs> just give you your best shot. Crack open another beer. Okay. We'll see where we're going here. Um, <laughs> Shannon Doc Tucker, he says, got a couple questions for you on the podcast. The big questions are: Jared, are you shooting flint nap points, and what date are you bringing Doc up from the south to hunt with you? <laughs> uh no i'm not actually a good old doc down there in tennessee, tennessee i think yeah tennessee is where he's at um i uh i do have flint 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 man's heads but i i i haven't hunted with them yet um i've got them ready to go on some shafts but i i, I maybe okay. want to do that i want to i want to shoot one deer with 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 just a straight raw like old old school arrow you know, probably just one, and then that's it. It's going to be a one and done. Kind, kind of, of just say you, know, you did it. Should be like prehistoric yeah, school, yeah. <laughs> like a sharpened rock. You know, I'm one. on the same page on that because I, I think that stuff's cool, man. I, w- I really want to get a recurve, and I just want to say I killed a deer with a recurve. I just yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty darn cool when you do it. Um, I missed, of course, the first four that I, uh, that I shot at, but. Um, when it happens, it happens just it just happens so fast and so I don't know. It just seems so like you you you're, you're it's like you can't even consciously play back hardly how it how it happens. Is it kind of like the biggest reality check? Like oh man, like you know what I mean with a compound or a gun, you can just do it. And then when you get with this like <laughs> primitive style like weaponry, you're like. Holy crap! Hunting is hard. Like, I mean, it's hard um, anyway. It's a challenge, but when you get that type of equipment, and it's just, it kind of, it just handicaps you so much compared, you know, comparing. 
you shouldn't have really gotten me going on this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, because uh, I'm I'm pretty darn hooked on it, and uh, I shoot I just shoot a straight long bow. That's kind of what I prefer. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of you, a lot of people might view them like they're they're a harder weapon to shoot than the recurve. I actually think that they're more forgiving and easier. In my, myself, easier to make mistakes and still get the arrow where you want it. You're saying a longbow um, over a recurve? Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, I do shoot a pretty short longbow though, and I shoot a I shoot one with what's called a reflex deflex lens design, which uh, transfers a little bit more energy through, you know, with, with throughout the throughout the draw cycle. And okay. it, well, it just delivers that arrow with a little bit more force than your typical like straight limb design longbow. Um, one thing I love about it, especially from hunting on the ground, is how your body can be in so many different types of positions. You know, you can be sitting on your butt, you can be crouching in all kinds of different ways. You can shoot the bow horizontal or canted or mm-hmm. just about pretty much straight vertical. <clears throat> um, you can draw back. Uh, pretty much how I shoot is I draw back and. I, I let go all in one motion like I don't really even stop. Um, oh, okay. And so hunting on the ground, you know, once it, it's kind of one of these things where there's this like, there's a, there's a complex period where you kind of go through. And then once you really get that, get shooting that weapon to where it's, it's an extension of you, it almost feels like the weapon you feel the most deadly with out to a certain range, of course, you know, um, you know, like obviously your compounds have your advantages, you know, the further out you go, but as far as like inside of 20 yards, I'd much rather personally, I'd much rather have a long bow than a, than a compound, especially if I've got a five, five year old deer there. Oh yeah. Cause on on the ground like that, you know, a five year old deer, you know, you might, you might, a two or three year old buck might, you know, see you and tolerate and give you two, three, four, five seconds to, you know, maybe somehow get your compound drawn back or whatever <laughs> and settle in. And, you know, there's a little bit more of a systemized, you know, process yeah. with shooting a compound. Nothing to take away because compounds have, you know, taken a lot of, a lot of deer. But, <laughs> well, um, no, no, but plus, you know, once you get back to, to deer camp, you know, everyone's like, oh, look, I shot this 152-inch, you know, slob look how fat his body is i mean you know but then you're like yeah but look what i shot with you know oops, sorry we have a cat in here you're like look what i shot with a, a a stick and some string you know it's like it's i think you get a little bit more bragging rights when you can you know kill a deer with with uh with that especially in the in the modern ages you know everybody's shooting you know because mm-hmm. the technology keeps getting better and better and you know it, mm-hmm. it technically makes it easier to shoot but i mean this is such a basic you know, tool to use, you know, and it's, you know, like you said, you know, not a lot of people are using this, right? I think it just kind of gets you bragging points. I mean, that's me. I mean, I, I'd gloat. Well, you, I tie my shoe by myself, but you know, sure. Sure. <laughs> well, the I thing mean, is, the, sorry, go ahead. No. Okay. I mean, the thing about it is, is it's like, a, like I was saying, it's, it's actually a simpler weapon once you, get it kind of down you know what i mean there's yeah. like i mean i've had things go wrong when shooting my compound setups you know not too often out in the field it doesn't happen very often but you know everything from you know a mechanical 
blade popping off and I have a giant buck walking in and now I, he goes through my gap, well, I'd never be shooting a mechanical head on a line pole. I mean, that's kind of a thing there where I could make a choice to shoot a fixed blade on a compound as well. But, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, not with myself, but, you know, all the deer that I miss with a compound, I'm pretty sure the bow is hitting where it was supposed to. I just, I just blew the shot. But, but I, you know, I was with yeah. a buddy one time and, and, uh, you know, his bow, he hit a deer high and it, we shot that bow and it shot 10, 12 inches high. Something moved. I don't know if this peep got caught in a little piece of brush. That mm-hmm. didn't really make sense because that's a lot of pressure to be able to, like, move that. Uh, somehow that bow ended up being 10, 12 inches high. You know, things like that that, you know, well, with my stick and string, you know, it's basically up to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if I blow the shot, if the, sh- if the arrow doesn't go where, it, where it's supposed to, you can't bl- there's you can't probably your, not bow. Yeah, there's not not a whole lot I can blame it on. You well, know? you know when you were saying, you so. know, if you're on a five and a half year old and you're at whatever fifteen yards and you did the stock on them, it actually a lot of people wouldn't think. But what you said is kind of eye opening. It's like, well, you know, that does make a lot more sense because with the compound, you draw, you anchor, you, you settle hold. your pin, you're holding for a minute. Then I don't know, you might try and stop him if he's moving, and then you release the arrow, and then he ducks your arrow or whatever with that you're saying you just pull back and shoot in one really one fluid motion and that's so the deer's really only seeing that motion you know not the motion right if it sees it at all i mean and that's how i shoot the the cool thing about a longbow especially a longbow is you can kind of develop your own style and own rhythm to shooting you know you, you you go back hundreds of years and all these different cultures and all these different you know, areas of the world, they they almost all shot a little bit differently. You know, mm-hmm. some would draw and hold, some would draw past, you know, at, some would anchor. I shoot a lot of times with a floating anchor point. You know, a lot of people might not think that's a good way to do it, but in a hunting situation, you know, kind of... So I don't really have a true set of an anchor point, yeah. um, which, you know, could come in handy in, in a hunting situation. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, essentially, I can draw back and and shoot, and the arrows from the time I start drawing to the time it probably hits the deer at 15 yards is, I mean, it's probably around a second, you know. See, Whereas, that's amazing because I feel like with, with a compound, with a compound, the, I, I might be at full draw settled in. Like you can draw a longbow probably twice as fast as you can draw a compound because there's no valley and you're not trying to draw it necessarily super like, you know super silky and grace you know what i mean like well i feel like a lot of people that shoot compounds all the time just think oh my bow sided and i don't need to shoot whereas with like traditional equipment yeah you need to shoot yeah you know what i mean i mean you gotta like you couldn't just grab that bow and go out and kill a deer like you have obviously learned the bow you've practiced with it enough where you i can do this and it's just that's why it's a different game that's why no one really hunts with them you know, well, I practiced with it a lot. Maybe not enough. I, I still missed. I missed one last year. So. <laughs> well, that's like well, us. We shot that rec- my recurve a couple weeks ago, and <laughs> we were hitting the shed. And yeah, that was our first go at it, though. Yeah, it was our very first time, and we were way off. Yeah. You know, and I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't judge it on on that that alone. I mean, uh, and the other thing too is, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been on this little longbow kick here for a few minutes, but. You know, and I absolutely love the longbow and and whatnot. But you know, the compound's definitely a, a great weapon in a lot of situations. And and for a tree stand shooter or 
or somebody that's got a really concealed, you know, position on deer where they're going to have that time to maybe draw an anchor or they've got pre-cut lanes and, and things like that. Well, you know, most of the time the compound's probably going to have the advantage, you know. Yeah. Um, but but if you're trouncing around the woods on the ground and you got a camera guy behind you and you don't have pre-cut lanes and things like that and all of a sudden you get a big buck inside of 20 yards, well, there's a pretty good chance he's probably going to get you a peg. And if you don't have mm-hmm. it, you know, if you don't get your your compound drawn without him seeing you, you know, the bigger the deer, the less chance, or the older the deer, the, the, the more chance he's probably not going to tolerate it long enough for you to maybe mm-hmm. get the shot off or you might find yourself rushing the shot or whatever. So every situation is different, though. You know, I mean, since taking up the longbow, there's been deer where I'm like, you know, would have got that deer probably most likely with a compound. Yeah. You know, and I didn't with a longbow. And then I've had, you know, I shot the biggest buck I've ever shot in my life last year, and I don't think I ever even got the shot off of a compound. So, I mean, it goes back and forth. I mean, every yeah. situation is different, you know. Right. Um, let me hit you with, uh, we're going to do another listener question here. Um, Cole Mountain Zitzinger, Zitzinger. I don't know what how to say name. That. That's a this hard guy's one. He's a pro wrestler too. <laughs> uh, what is the most heartbreaking experience you can recall hunting whitetails? Um, the most heartbreaking. That would probably go to. Uh, well, there's a couple of them, of course. There's, I get a lot of them, but there's a couple that really rank up there. Is um. Probably the, the, the number one most heartbreaking was I had this buck a few years ago, um, and he had extremely tall brow tines. He had probably somewhere between 25 and 30 inches just on two brow tines, mm-hmm. um, you know, between the two, you know. So um, anyways, I, I, I had seen this deer the year before. Not that I followed specific deer, it's just, I, I probably would have never even realized it was the same deer. He had the he had these ginormous brow tines, you know. So yeah, yeah. So, so I uh, I when I saw him, I knew right away, you know, hey, that's that one that we saw on the last day last year, whatever. You know, he was big ten point or whatever. So mm-hmm. we took it took about five hours. He was on a doe and he was on public, and and when we had seen him the year before, he was on private. But um, it took about five hours, and this box was with this doe, and finally. We're going to really sneak in on him. We're finally bedded down with this doe. And uh, when we were about 150 yards out and and whatnot, and so I, I crept up there, and he was in these tall weeds, and I got up to where I was, you know, within 30 yards, I knew of him, and all of a sudden I, I was glassing into the weeds, and all of a sudden I saw, saw him in the weeds. He was like 22 yards away. And... Uh, I got my buddy up there that was running the camera and I was trying, I was like, just, you know, like he couldn't see him. You couldn't see this deer with the naked eye. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, just zoom in right over there. And then we just got to get a quick clip footage and then we got to get down, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, somewhere in there, I don't know if him or his doe caught something through those weeds. And I didn't really think that it was going to happen. Like, I didn't really think that, that would happen. Yeah. He was, cover up but but somehow one of them saw us and and uh i realized what was going on right away and i already had an arrow on and i i kind of let fly just as he was like getting up and totally missed and it was just kind of a heartbreaker <laughs> because uh, you know we had kind of been on him for five hours and brow times were just you know brow times for days me. man you know, and it was you know i've seen thousands of bucks in my life and i see 
you know, there's big bucks that we see fil- see and film in the fall, and I forget all about until we cut footage. I mean, we see a lot of big bucks, but I've never never <laughs> seen one with brow tents like that. So, you know, to have them on public, to be 22 yards away, and after, you know, being on them for oh, five man. hours, and the opportunity and crawling along and all that, and then you get that close and you got him right in your lap, and you you're like, we would have never had to try and get this clip of him laying there. You know, I could have just been like, all right, get down, and when he comes, you know, like we had it all laid out. He would have came right out if I would have grunted. He would have come up. He'd been coming out running these bucks all day, like basically oh, the DNR. The DNR had there was these like six foot weeds and whatnot. He was laying in a row that was about 25 yards wide, and and the DNR had cut him like a hay bine in a hay field had, had cut the weeds. And so all we would have, he had been coming out to the edge running bucks off all day. And, and all we would have had to do was get down and give a little like toot on the ground tube or a snort <laughs> weed. But he would have popped right out of the weed to see what, what, you know, who's moving in on him. What's and worse that gets you on that is the uh, the shoulda woulda coulda type of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Happens oh. to everyone. In, in one of your uh, one of your videos there, there was um, there there was this. I mean, obviously, you guys get really close to close to bucks. I mean, I mean, there was one you guys shot in the neck at nine yards, like walking up, yep. and it didn't even see you. But in the, it was actually that same. Uh, it's dropping the hammer, which we actually have right now. Um, yep. You you're, you're walking it, and there's this. This buck that gets into the the cattails, and uh-huh. you know you're like you're trying to walk around it. You're like, okay, he's he's bedded down in here, and you decide to take a certain route, and you know all of a sudden it stands up and it's takes off and it's ten yards from where you guys were. So you almost would have stepped on it. I mean, does that happen more frequently than than you would think? You know, you almost stepping on deer. The reason that that deer hadn't busted yet, what happened is, here again, we had spotted that deer over a mile away, got out there on foot, and we're kind of referencing different things, and then and we'd spotted him again, and, and then we did a bunch of crawling, and in that time, you know, it would have been very easy for him to slip out of there. We got up there, and I mean, the cattails were really short. They weren't much taller than knee high. They were super short, you know, um, for cattails. And the only reason he hadn't jumped yet is because maybe the video footage didn't, maybe there wasn't a clip that really showed it. I can't remember, but it was right on the edge of where the cattail started with this really short, like grass that was super quiet. So he couldn't, he never heard us walking up there. That's, that's why we got that close. Well, we got up there and I like, I was like, God, I thought he was right here and I'm looking all around and I cannot see him anywhere. And I'm like, you know, then I, it clicked in my head. I'm like, I bet while we were crawling, you know, I bet he got out of here. You know, and I'm kind of looking around some more, like, and then for some stupid reason, I drew the bow and just, like, walked in when I should have just drew the bow and, like, you know, gave a little toot or something. I'm like, <laughs> you, you kind of just, you know, I was like, Should've all of a sudden could. I was just like, all of a sudden I was just like, you know, I was pretty much convinced in my head, like, yeah, he's he's gone, but I suppose I better draw the bow and, you know, make a little noise or whatever. Well, I did that. And of course he comes popping out and here I'd walked right by him and I had no idea how we didn't see that deer. I mean, I'd, I'd spent a, a few minutes looking like right there and he'd been within 10 yards and knee high cattails and I had no idea. He, They're amazing to this day, animals, I don't know, man. You know, they can but, blend in. I had a really scary right. situation kind of like that. I was, um, I, I, I was walking into the, uh, into the stand. Uh, this is a couple of years ago and, 
I'm like just kind of, you know, it's still pretty dark out. Like I can't really see that well because the the there was like a, a full moon, so it was kind of in between the the trees. I get there, it gets a little dark, and I start like walking down this path, and just all of a sudden there's this commotion, and I I, I like I see something get really dark, and it was whoosh right in front of me, probably like about a foot and a half, and I just happen to look and see a tail. I mean, I don't know if it was a buck or a doe, but it ran within a foot in front of me. Like I, I guess I must have spooked it, and it just it took off. It. it you wonder why you got why you were able to get that close, and you weren't even knowing. Like it was, it was kind of scary. So when when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I was like, man, that's weird because that kind of happened to me too. You know, I, I figured mm-hmm. it, it would have heard me coming. You know, because it's a, it was probably a good hundred and fifty feet in. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Eric, what what other questions do we have? We'll knock these out real quick. We have a question from listener Derek Kalberg. Um, he's like a super active listener. He's always on our... He's our fanboy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> he asked, how about any spot and stalk tips, walking silent, staying still when being stared down? Any tips, you know, any tricks he got? Okay, can you just say that once more? It kind of cut out for a quick second on that. Sorry. That's all right. Said how about how about any spot and stock tips, walking silent or staying still while being stared down by a deer. Um. Any. Okay. Well, if one's if it's one, here's the best advice I can give. If one's looking at you, just don't move. No matter how long it takes. <laughs> don't start doing the no, but, but I mean, I mean that's that's funny, but it's. It's serious. I mean, yeah. Many times, many times we have, you know, it's it's even been a big buck sometimes, or it could be just a doe too sometimes. But many times, you know, when we're sneaking along or whatever, we'll have a deer that like snaps its head up, looks right at us, and several times we've convinced them that we're nothing at all just by freezing and not moving. Mm-hmm. But usually, what happens is, unless you've done this a lot. Usually what happens is that deer will stare at you for a couple minutes. You know, what what happened there is it saw something out of the corner of its eye, and it, it snapped its head kind of like when you see something out of the corner of your eye. And then you look, and then you're like, eh, maybe I didn't see anything at all. It's it's kind of like that same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you just got to convince that deer that you're nothing at all. And, uh, and several times, I mean, this happens several times every season. We'll have a deer that, that does that. It snaps its head, looks, stares at us. You know, we freeze. It drops its head down, you know, pretending like it's not looking. It's every time every deer pretty much does this. It'll stare at you, then it'll put its head down to pretend like it's not looking. But it's trying to get you to move. You. Right. Yeah, it's still looking. And then and then it'll snap its head up all of a sudden. And you just you just kinda of go through the, the 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 game with them and convince them that they're That's actually a really good tip because most people wouldn't think that, you know, after it's looked away they think it looked away. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a good point well, to bring up because it's just right. the body language of them. That's what that's just yeah. something they well, do. Well, and after after five, let's say once this happens all the time, after five minutes of it staring at you, you're you're probably getting pretty sore because because it probably caught you in a spot that's not too natural, and your muscles are getting kind of like a little bit weak. You know? I know this all too well. <laughs> yeah, been there. And, and what what happens is this, this thing looks away, and you're like, oh, finally. You know, Ugh. and then that's when you move, and that's when it's tricking you. And it's, you know, that's yeah. where it, that's the point where it catches that's you. When, I've had that happen yeah, to me but, more times than I can count. 
and and normally it's like what well, you said you're uncomfortable and for some reason i always get a shoulder cramp and i'm like yeah. or you ever have a buck sneak i mean this uh, mostly i'm hunting out of a tree stand i see a buck mm-hmm. sneak in on me and i'm like all right i have okay he's right here i don't know how i didn't see him coming in and i have to reach my arm around all like in a funky position and I go to grab bow. my bow hanging on the hook, and then my shoulder cramps because I've been sitting still for five <laughs> hours. And then uh, he, he sees me move, and then I'm stuck in that position, like you're saying, but I'm in a tree, and I'm going, okay, yep. he's staring at me. All right, five minutes right. later, he looks down, and I'm going, <sighs> and I grab my bow, and then Hero. he sees me, and then he's gone. Takes off. Yep. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, like, because there's a, there's a you know difference between, you know, sitting in a tree stand and doing what you do. Sitting isn't that hard to do, uh, but what you guys do, I mean, do you work out? Do we what? Like, do you, do you work out, like, you know, to keep up for the, like, no. I'm, not, I'm not just asking no. if you work out. Like, no, don't no. take that the wrong way. But no, what, what do you mean? What, depends, on, depends, depends on what you define as working out. If it's <laughs> running a keyboard and the mouse uh, and uh, lifting a beer, well, then, well then, yeah, I guess I guess oh. we're going to work out. We're all in the um, same so shape, you, then. You work out like we do. Well, this... I have these, I have these good intentions, you know, of, of working out. I even I even got a little bit, you know, I got a few weights and whatnot, and periodically I'll go for a run or whatever. But sure, but that's 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 been more recent. In the past, I definitely haven't worked out. <laughs> well, because I get whatnot, but. You know, I get winded doing the intro to this show. Like, I, you were like, yeah, we stalked him for a mile. I was like, dude, I would have given up after seven steps. <laughs> like, that's it. That's just yeah. way too far to be on two feet and not four wheels. The majority of the time, yeah. Steve's hunts are unsuccessful. <laughs> hey, yeah, he walked hey, that way, hey, and that hey, was it. The majority of our hunts are unsuccessful, too, <laughs> I, I guess from the standpoint of whether we sold the tag or not. Yeah, yeah. The majority of everyone's hunts are unsuccessful, I believe. Dude, I would have the worst DVDs. It's just like, all right, hey, I was going to go hunting, but uh, I got a bag of potato chips instead, so uh, yeah, not doing that today. <laughs> Your DVD would be The Winded Hunter. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Where are these deer? <sighs> Dude, you're, you, you, got one, you got one foot on the peg. You haven't even climbed the tree yet. <sighs> Let's go take lunch. <laughs> it's six in the morning. Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a question. How long is this mercury going to keep going? What's that? Is that mercury still running? Well, it's funny you bring that up. That mercury has been with me a while. <laughs> uh, been with me since I uh, lived in that place that was two hundred dollars a month. Actually, uh, that's what. <laughs> so it's, it's been with me five, six years, something like that. Um, however, the mercury is, the reason I say it's funny you bring that up is because I think, I think Friday it's going to hit the road. Um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been my backup vehicle, but I got like two backup, backup, backups now. Look at you um, living the life. Three got, vehicles. Well, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> His they're, primary they're like, is so questionable okay, that he needs right, a it needs a backup. It depends on what you define as a backup. It's not, <laughs> might not be much of a backup. I mean, we got the 88 Econoline sitting down there that's, that's making, engine noise racket and all this and that but i mean it's not like i drive anything super nice i mean i got an 07 grand caravan i know i i, I should have oh dude you're stuff, driving the right? mommy missile yeah 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 absolutely it's, it's <laughs> the mommy deep. missile hey 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 it's not a baby on board van it's a baby get on board board van. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and go. how are you not married uh, <laughs> good lord you got a sweet minivan and like four cars good lord yeah 
Living the life. Looks you get in those caravans. That that Mercury though, that's like a a cast on the show. You know, <laughs> it's its own personality. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, you'll see yeah. that thing. Like, it, we just watched a clip. It, it drug oil half mile down the road. You know, <laughs> it's a tranny pan, right? Yeah. I think they had two donuts on the time too. Yeah, I think the problem that, is know, why. I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, I mean, we you don't always need the nicest. You know, I mean, so many times there's this kind of misconception that you need, if you're going to do an out-of-state hunt, you got to have, like, this super reliable vehicle and and whatnot. And, I mean, no no kidding around. I mean, we drove like, like that, and we had this Taurus that I just sold that had 280-some thousand miles on it. <laughs> Who did you sell that to? <laughs> um, Who desperately uh, needed some, a car? <laughs> I don't know, because they, they it had no power steering. It hadn't had power steering in over a year. Um, and they were they were but, probably uh, like this thing is nice. Wow, this is the best car I've were. ever owned. They were. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah it's it's been a great car. I mean, it, it really has. But but I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you just you just got you got one life to live. Whatever you got to work with. I mean, if you got a rocket, if all you got to ninety nine. If all if all I got to ninety nine, you know, salvage titled Mercury Sable that looks like, you know, it should probably be. Yeah, in a scrapyard, you know, if that's all I got, I'm going to go hunting and wherever, you know what I mean? I'll take it to Kansas or Wyoming or wherever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really care what I'm driving. I mean, obviously, if I'm driving, if I could, you can have something a little bit nicer and, and whatnot, I will. But, yeah. I, I mean, dr- I, but, I drove a 2000 Cavalier four-door, and this thing looked terrible. I called it Penelope. And I put a Reese hitch on it just so I could put one of those deer racks on it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was worth more than the car was. Well, actually, what people are going to see, and we're going to do a couple like little video snippets. The uh, working class bow hunter vehicle is a what? It's a Ford Festiva, right? It's a Festiva. Fiesta. Festiva. Fiesta. Is it Fiesta or Festiva? The old boxy ones. Yeah. Yeah, in ultimate competition for the Prius or with the with the Prius. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an older yeah, one. This is, like this a, is an old oh, one. This is, this is, yeah, this oh. is like this not, is like a nineties. This is like the boxy little two doors, right? Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna pick up your future red. wife in it. <laughs> he even knows we're we're full of it. <laughs> yeah. Ford Festiva. Well the thing is if you drive you know, you're an awesome dude, but if you drive a minivan covered in deer blood, it's gonna uh, steer a lot of people away. <laughs> I, I yeah, I try to keep it I, I try to keep it looking, you know, somewhat respectable on the on the blood level at least. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? I just oh. bought a. Uh, <laughs> no, I just sorry, bought... I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but this is really funny. So, what you should do, like, since you got the mommy missile, you know how everybody has those like family stickers. You should oh, just yeah. get like five. Do du- is it four or five guys? They're five, right? Yeah. Okay, because uh, was... well, five, six of us. What? Yeah, something like that. Five, six. Okay, yeah. Get like all just like dudes, just covered on the back. So when you're driving down, people are like, you know, normally you see like. <laughs> Oh look, it's a yeah. wife, husband, and like four kids, yeah, like and two dogs. Good God, they, what is this? They, five dudes they might, in a house. They might start thinking something. You, know? <laughs> you need to put like five dudes in a bow. We, yeah. we we did we did have the back of the caravans like super dusty. I mean, I mean, just caked on from candles last year. So we did we did draw a stick family 
Yeah, yeah, and put number one mom on it too. Oh, that is awesome! Oh, dude, that is. Oh no, you can get that, and then you can put like world's best uncle on there, just like just kind of turn heads. And then when people Uh look at you, you know, you can put your website on there, and people like world's best uncle. Oh, it's those guys. Hey, I'll buy their DVDs. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's kind of where we're going for advertising. For some reason, nobody's giving us interest. I, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you. <laughs> oh man, we're a little different vibe than other hunting podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Uh, yeah, we don't stick to scripts because uh, yeah, writing us because we have to write it too and then stick to it. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Like no, I, I'm a big fan of unscripted. You know, just go with the flow. You know. We're kind of like freestyle rappers, you know. Yeah, don't make it weird, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Everything about freestyle rappers in us is completely. It, it, oh yeah, no, we're, we're we're right there with them. You know, we have talent, gold teeth. We can dance. Actually, we, <laughs> we, we, we tried it. We yeah, tried we, to dance. We can dance. We can square dance. I well, dance in my dance. I'm not making anymore. any. I'm not. I'm not making any promises on. On my dance moves or anything. <laughs> so if you see Jared but... at a if you see Jared at a show, maybe the Illinois or Classic or wherever he happens to be, challenge him to a dance off. There you go. Uh-huh. Do, 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 <laughs> no, no. Jared, do, do you keep up with any new dance moves? Do it. Do I? Yeah. No, the Macarena. No. The Macarena. <laughs> okay. Will you post a video no. of you doing the Macarena? Don't say anything, and then we'll just see because because. We like to, you know, view ourselves as people actually listen to us. If you post that and we start seeing all the comments of, oh, man, I heard heard him. They did the uh, Jared Challenge to do the Macarena. Yeah, yeah. We'll just, <laughs> you're going to push all his fans away. <laughs> I, I know. I don't, I don't think I'll be breaking out any of my dance moves. Um, and I, furthermore, the reason I won't be breaking them out is because I don't think they're going to go mainstream or anything. <laughs> you just drink a lot of yingling. Yeah. <laughs> So, All right, let's see. But, uh, well, guys, um, I should probably get back to editing here shortly. If, uh, if all right, all right. Uh, You're going to wrap it up on us. I see yeah, how it is. No, he, no, no, sir, no, we, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. He, <laughs> he hates us now. Made it weird. He's like, he's like all right, they're go, where are they going with this episode here? He, he wanted to What's talk that? about bow hunting, and now all of a sudden we're talking to the Macarena. Ah, guys, I got a lot of, <laughs> lot of stuff to do. <laughs> well, you know, you guys are talking about all your dance moves, and I don't have any. So I feel like <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's left anyway. out. He felt left out. Coming the next, the next four and a half hours. Steve I'm always tells feeling left moves. out. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I think we're gonna see what else we got on here. We're gonna smack you with real quick. I don't know, Steve's. Yeah. Uh, I think we, I think we pretty much got it, uh, got it wrapped up. Um, if people want to find you on, uh, on. Online, YouTube, are you on? Are you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Kick? You on any of that? <laughs> Kick. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I don't. We don't have an Instagram. Um, yeah, you do. We've got a. Do we? Uh, apparently, I've been tagging somebody on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's oh, got really? <laughs> yeah, it's not. I, really... have, I, I, I have never. I've never logged into any Instagram, nor have I Twitter. I do know we have a Twitter account because a friend of mine set it up for us. Somebody's but, getting fired. I think um, someone is. I'm not. You know, we do have a Facebook page. I'm not the best at keeping up with that. Hopefully, in the future, I'll get a little bit more on top of it. 
um, just uh, it, that's part of the thing with like you know keeping the company sponsor free. You know, we don't have a whole lot of extra budget for you know bringing in another individual or two to help. Uh, so I end up doing a lot of like right now I'm editing like 16, 18 hours a day or sometimes 12 hours a day, but not very often less than that. Well, there's just um, more important and, things to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it like that either because well, that's true. people feel like they're not important, which they they're very important. But you know, if we want to see the next, you know, if we want to get the next videos out. And in a somewhat timely fashion, which I'm hoping around the end of July for the next ones, which is probably the latest in the whole industry. But um, if we want to get them out, it's kind of a, you know, um, that's that's where it's at right now. But hopefully in the future, be able to uh, free up my time a little bit and and be a little bit better on Facebook. But we do have a Facebook page, and then uh, and then our website whitetailadrenaline.com got that as well. So that's pretty much about it for the. Uh, social media i guess ways to find us online and 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 if you guys are listening you know go buy all these dvds Uh, buy every dvd you can um, and every shirt and every shirt this is what you know (laughs) this is what keeps it going i mean you know if you want to if you like what you see buy a dvd it'll keep it going i i promise you it is entertaining I, i i oh absolutely if not Talk to me. I will buy you the second DVD, and then you'll be like, "Oh yeah, Steve, you're totally right." Now I'm going to buy them all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> we we love what you do, and we, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. I mean, we we, we were you. we were pretty stoked. I mean, you know, if we seemed a little nervous, you know, it's because we are. We're like, you know, we don't. We love to, you, Jared. We don't get to talk to you know <laughs> no, people. No, we idolize. no need to be. Yeah, yeah, no, no need to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no. Thank you guys for having me on, though, and uh, I appreciate it. It's been real fun time, and and uh, I definitely like to cut loose, just kind of go with the flow, hanging out, Podcast drinking yingling. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Sure. I mean, I mean, we're hours apart, but we're both drinking the same. You know, we're all drinking. <laughs> oh yeah, beer it's and, just a good coincidence there. Yeah. And then if you're at the Iowa or Classic next year, we'll bring you a T-shirt if you want one. That's uh, perfect. He will. That's be awesome. Actually, just so you know, they're changing the dates. The Illinois is, isn't going to happen. I don't think until August, right? And yeah. so we we may very well be back at this show next year. I'm just not sure. I yet, hope so because so. it's in Bloomington this year, so it'd be cool to see you down there. Because I'll be. It's an hour and thirty minutes from where we where we're at right now. That's so. it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you, you well, stop. It's definitely closer drive for us too. Yeah. So. yeah yep. We'll definitely bring you a T-shirt, and you can rock that. You'll have to hang out, and uh, we'll bring you some beverages. So, uh... Or come hang out at our houses, because <laughs> one of us has Hey, we got those. this little mini fridge. We got this little mini fridge at the booth, so... There we, you go. We, we, could, we could probably get you a beer. All right, all right. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to make a stop at your booth then, so... If you guys are going to be <laughs> yeah, at the Illinois yeah, Classic, check them out. Definitely want to stop by and uh, and uh, see, what's, see what's in the fridge. Yeah, we will. We might do have that. some whiskey drinks in there. There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. All some right, so, so so Jared, are you going to be back on the show, or are you going to block Kurt's number, or what's well, the deal? You know, we'll see, you know, maybe I'll just block him for a day or two. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm calling tomorrow. Hey, buddy. Hey, wh- hey, what's up? What's Dude, up? Dude, what's going on? We're going to turn into the crazy ex girlfriend to show up at your house. I mean, yeah, why don't you love but... me anymore? Oh, we dated <laughs> for like a day. Dude? Why is he at my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found and your why address. Why is he in Illinois? Place? How come he came this far? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, these guys. 
But no, yeah. hey, we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, yeah, thanks, like. So hopefully, you know, once the DVD's out and everything like that, we can circle back around and have you on. Maybe we got some more to talk about, and maybe you can perfect those dance moves. So if yeah, there, yeah, I'll work. I'll get to work on those right away. <laughs> and if there is an increase in DVD prices, it's because we took them away from work and labor had to go up. So sorry, guys, pay it. There you go. Yeah, there that's go. exactly <laughs> it. So I had to. Yeah, <laughs> just looking for the perfect excuse. Uh, that DVD is actually seventy five dollars cash only. <laughs> Thank you. So all right, well, we really appreciate you having it on. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we will see you next week. So why don't you just go shoot your bow until next time. Later. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.